Welcome back to Level Up, the place where we get to dig into previous messages, talk about things going on in the world, our church, or whatever we feel like. Uh, so you may have noticed we missed a week. Um, I have unfortunately fallen ill multiple times over the last two and a half weeks. Uh, but then we're back. You got and, sick right after we filmed the last one, right? Uh, I was actually just getting done being sick and was getting feeling good just in time to film. And then like right yeah. after we filmed, I got hit with something else. So um, it's, been, it's been fun. Um, so if you notice random edit points or cuts, I'm probably hacking up along. So bear with. <laughs> uh, but we uh, just started a new series, uh, What is the Church? Um, I guess, why does it matter? Why are we getting into the series now? This uh, series, sort of the concept behind this series has been something that's been sort of sitting on our plate for a little while. Um, to one degree or another, I, I, I would even say back to post, right? You know, like post, post COVID mm. right afterwards, just because, you know, there was a lot of change in our organization and our church. And then of course, COVID wreaked uh, havoc on churches in general. Yeah, so bit. in many ways, we weren't even sure what was going to come out of COVID when we like started coming back into the building. What was this going to look like? Who was going to be here? What would ministry look like? Would there be things new? Would we have to let things go? And, and so I'm saying that because it, so I, there was a kernel of this idea, mm. even, you know, I guess that would have been two and a half years ago, but for one reason or another, the, the timing never seemed quite right. Um, now there seems to be quite a bit of stability in what we're doing. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, if you look back and even not, I mean, back to the, over those last two and a half years, there's a lot of that was, there had been a lot of change, but there's still a lot of developing coming because yeah. you're coming into your role and preaching more. Yeah. And with that came like a shift in how, I guess it was already happening some, but like it just really solidified the way that we teach, yeah. which is going to also define how we do everything. The congregation has has turned over some in the type of people that are here. And, and so our identity is, 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 and I mean, I guess so long as I have some control over it, is going to remain books of the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, that sort of a thing. That's going to be our primary identity. Um, but I do think that having a topical series and a topical series such as this one is pertinent at times. Um, for us, you know, we're knocking on the door of three years post-COVID, a lot of other changes I mentioned. I, I think uh, now is a good enough time as any. There's, there's stability there's a nice core group of people just to talk about first and foremost what what is the church and, and and those that are watching that are part of our congregation will know that i usually call this big c big c church so by that you know all all the churches like yeah the the body as a whole worldwide right? yeah so what is the what does the new testament say about the church and i had said on sunday that this word the ecclesia is in there 114 times in 111 different verses and so see that twice in the gospel of matthew but then primarily in acts and then the other letters that we see in the new testament so what, what is the church what is the big c church what was the church 
in its inception? What did it look like in Acts? What did that look like as it played out in those first few decades of this new religion? Because it was a new religion. Mm -hmm. And then as we get closer to the end of the series, and, and we've fully developed um, sort of what the Bible says about Big C Church, okay, each individual church, each individual body of believers is going to have some uniqueness, just as you and I have unique gifts of the Spirit, um, unique personalities, and obviously fingerprints and all of those kinds of things. Each congregation, each, each body of believers is going to look and do things a little bit different. Obviously, a we were in an urban area, Chicago or Detroit, uh, and we were an urban and in an urban environment, we're probably doing a different type or kind of church than we are here, you know, in the UP uh, and whatnot. And so, what what are the uniquenesses about LSCC? Um, what are the things that we do that maybe other churches do? Certainly, churches you know around the states or the globe would do some of these things, but what is it that is a little bit different about this particular body? So we'll get in that at, at, towards the end yeah. of the series. And and so I hope that, that this gives everybody sort of a collective starting point, because maybe some people that are attending or watching have never really they know church. Uh, I sort of had a, the multiple choice question at the beginning of at the, of the message: Is mm -hmm. the church a building? Is it an event? Is it a community? Yeah. Is it a you know, organization? So it's like so, some people have in mind: Oh, well, church is one of those things. And so, well, I think that brings up a, an interesting thing because um, you were just talking about we're going to go back and we're looking at what the original church was and what that meant, and I think that's going to. Um, upset people, not not upset, um, disrupt people's perception of what the church is, because like most of us carry in a, an idea of what the church is based on um, cultural uh, yeah. influences, because I mean, like we just know the church to be this thing or to be that thing or that thing, just because of how we were raised and the churches we've seen. Um, but if we're being honest, I think a lot of our perceptions of what the church is really isn't, it's not based in um, scripture, it's just based in like human experience. So it'll be interesting to see where those things align and where they are completely separate. Well, that reminds me of the quote that I shared, you know, the, the, the church grew into Greece and, and, and it became a philosophy and then it grew into Rome and it, and it uh, drawing a blank with what, then it grew into Europe and then it was sort of a culture and then it grew out into the U.S. or to, to America and, and, it, and the quote was, church became an enterprise, mm -hmm. right? And so certainly you and I at our ages, that's the only church that, that we know. Building structures, events, an institution, an organization. I mean, some of our older congregants or older folks that might watch this, you know, maybe they have a little bit way back in their childhood, a, a, a closer idea maybe to what church would have been like for virtually all of church history mm -hmm. um if you especially if you exclude roman catholicism i mean and we'll touch on this a little bit this week but the church that we see in the new testament 
is what we would call today like a house church. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what they do. Uh, that's only what they do in, in missionary settings. You know, you and I go to China, right? And we're trying to uh, develop Christianity in a new village or, or even in a city or something like that. And, and you would meet in, in a room, not, not much different than this, but our living room with however many people and the church would grow out of that. I mean, if we go all the way back to the first century church, I mean, that's what was happening. What's happening in people's houses. Um, yeah, much more of a grassroots sort of a thing than a yeah. build it and they'll come approach. Yeah, and the interesting thing is when we look at how Christianity and churches develop in the States, I mean, how many times have you heard, and in fact, I think it's true, as I remember, of this church, this church, like most others, started in a living room Mm -hmm. as not necessarily a house church, but I believe it started as sort of a prayer group, and then it developed and developed and developed till there was enough and they're renting a space and yeah. they built the building down the road. And so how many stories have you heard about churches starting that way? Oh, Walter and I started a, a Wednesday evening prayer group or Bible study in our living room. And then next thing we knew, there was 15 or 20 people there. And we thought, well, hey, why don't we give this a go in a little bit larger space? And mm-hmm. so there, there is a seed to most of our churches that I think um, replicates what that would have looked like mm-hmm. way back in the day. But then, of course, as you get bigger, then you need more things and you need more things to do and you need things for people. And the institution from that quote kind of comes in and then, you know, that can take on a life of its own. Oh, gosh. I'm... And I guess we've seen that in, well, I guess as churches grow into mega churches and they grow into events and things like that. Um, but yeah, looking back at the uh, relationship component of how churches used to look, and even like this one used to look way back when, um, it really shifts your focus from, um, I guess, how we operate. Um, again, this is just an awkward transition to um, where, what you talked about being the church being the hope of the world. Uh, and like the, I, for, I guess for me, the biggest way to affect that kind of a change is going to be in inviting people into your home yeah. and to doing the relationship yeah. type of things instead of saying just like hoping people show up in a building, sure, and just get, like, catch a sound bite. Yeah, but to like to have that kind of component. I mean, the we'll focus completely on that. I think in week four or five, as re- relationships sort of being the lifeblood of the church, but. Uh, much like how scripture is sort of the foundation f- for every week of this series or everything that we do for that matter. Um, but we're specifically not doing that till week three or four. Mm-hmm. Um, relationships are what make this happen. Like, you know, in that multiple choice question, I mean, from the New Testament's perspective, it the right answer is a community, right? Mm-hmm. A gathering of people uh, and specifically a gathering of uh, men and women and, and families that, that believe that, that Jesus Christ, you know, came, died, rose again, and is our savior. And so that's what started it. That's what keeps it per- moving. I mean, 
the relationships that we develop uh, are how, I mean, that, that's how we interact with one another. We're not talking about the building or events in that way. We might say, oh, that I met you at this event. I met you at that building. But what sustains it after that? And each church is going to be a little bit different there when I mean, we've got different personalities. I mean, I, I sort of poke fun at myself during messages and stuff that I'm not the most extroverted. Um, I'm not a kind of walk the crowd in the lobby sort of a thing. Yeah, I, I, I love meeting people and all of that, but there are people that are really yeah. wired and geared. For, like, that's <laughs> their gifting. Um, I love doing this kind of stuff. though. I love meeting with people in individual or small groups and stuff like that. But that is what drives this, right? I mean, mm -hmm. we can talk about all of the the um, programming and events. Uh, we can talk about the building that we have church in and all of that stuff. But if there's not growth that's being fostered in individual relationships and then obviously collective relationships, then this is going to go nowhere fast. Not just this, but church. Yeah, so. in general. But it's a, like it, but it's all based on like, I guess going back again to hope of the world, which yeah. is where we landed. I think that's going to be an important component of like how that message is communicated. But I also think it's important to like look at how that's the role of the church is to be the hope of the world. Where I think um, one of the common misconceptions that people have about what the church is is that it's the job of the staff or yeah. like of pastors to do that. Um, where, was it this week? Or is that in conversation we talked about? It's the role of um, like pastors to equip the congregation to bring forth the hope of the world. Yeah, I mean, Ephesians talks about that. Paul talks about that in a couple different places, but that, that we're equipping um, for the ministry, right? Because the Bible says that we're all ministers of the gospel. And so I think where the difference is, obviously, I've been afforded um, the ability to do this full time and devote the last, I don't know, 14 years of my life to doing this full time. But the vast majority of people don't, I mean, vast, vast majority mm -hmm. of the people, right? You, you, are coming to a gathering on Sunday or maybe a Bible study on a Wednesday or whatever, and, and you're being built up. So you're learning, you're being encouraged to whatever happens and those kinds of things so that when you go out into your own family, into your neighborhood, into your workplace, that you're carrying that message with confidence and knowledge um, and expectancy, like all of those things, because we're all charged with carrying this message out. I mean, there's no, Matthew 28 doesn't say, <laughs> and pastors are charged with, right, teaching them to obey. There are qualifications and expectations on church leadership for sure. Um, I would argue that that all of us should be trying to attain those requirements in First Timothy 3, Titus 1, 1 Peter 5. Um, yeah, when it says, you know, an elder should be, that doesn't mean only elders should yeah, be held I mean, to these standards, for sure. But that sounds like a rabbit trail. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Um, one thing that is that uh, a series like this can bring up, and I, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if this isn't a conversation at some point in this series out in the lobby or even maybe somebody types, writes it in or whatever, is when I look around and I, I listen to the news or I'm on social media or in my workplace or in my community, the church kind of seems irrelevant or it seems like it's being squashed or whatever. So like, I guess the basic question would be, does the church still matter? I mean, have you, have you had somebody ask you that or imply that? Oh gosh, I don't know that I've really had that directly um, asked, like outside of just like our conversation. But I think it's a valid convers like valid question. Um, in that, like anytime the church or like in general is publicized, it's usually because someone's um, saying something not out of love, and those things get headlines really quick. Or there's and, yeah, or, or even when there is something happening that's like there's some merit and truth to it. Um, People are gonna, you know, buck against that because yeah. it's not what they want to hear. So it's gonna be interesting to um, take a look at how it really still does matter, even when we're getting the pushback of like a really polarized society. It's unfortunate that most headlines with the church anymore seem to be of moral failings. Um, well, yeah rather than all of the good things that happen through through the church, the institution, the organization, and obviously the, those that make it up, all of the good things that are happening every day in people's homes, in people's neighborhoods, workplaces, people rallying together um, in, um, in conjunction with one another to... Yeah, and that's hard because it's the... Thing like the the positive and the good things they don't cut through the white noise, but man, something extreme extremism cuts, and it, yeah. it speaks loud. It's like a you know that one squeaky thing that's happening on your car. Sure, <laughs> you yeah. hear that more than anything. So I think that's going to be the big challenge too. Yeah, so it'll be interesting how this uh, this series develops. I mean, I think the way that we've broken it down is going to lend itself to kind of that complete picture. Okay, what did it look like then? And then how does that still apply now and in what ways? Um, so that'll be, it's going to be a fun series. I was, I joked a little bit at the beginning of the message that I was even a little bit nervous and excited because we've been in Ezra and Nehemiah for so long and I'm not the biggest fan of, of topical messages just in general, but I know that this, um, I think, is well-timed. and um, yep. I think it's something that matters for well, our body. I think it's yeah. a good reminder for a lot of people to just know what the church is. What it isn't, I think, is going to be a big question, too, and then why we still matter. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think that's where we're going to wrap <laughs> things up, I guess. Uh, but thanks again for joining us. Um, Hopefully I don't have a third illness that uh, hits me again this week and we'll be good to just keep trucking. Um, until then, uh, remember to uh, 
hit the like button, subscribe, so you get notifications when these videos do come out. Um, and please, if you have questions or things you want answered on Level Up, things that didn't make sense, uh, leave uh, a comment below or use the email address in the description to let us know. Um, until then, see ya. Until then, until when? I've already said that like three times. Gosh. I'm not awkward in real life, I promise. <laughs>